Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to the Seahawkers podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Schultz, and I am joined today by a couple of my good buddies, Clinton Bonner and Adam Emmert, because the Seahawks, gentlemen, the Seahawks have hired a pair of coordinators to help fill out the staff. We've got offensive coordinator Ryan Grubb coming from our Washington Huskies and Aiden Dirty coming over from the Dallas Cowboys. So now that we've uh, filled out the staff. We're going to talk about it, react to it. Uh, there's a lot of stuff we don't know, but hey, uh, that's never stopped us before. How are you doing, Adam? Hey, man, you bet. We're going to shoot from the hip here a little bit. One thing that we do know is that Aiden Dirty will not be calling plays for the defense. Mike said that that was going to be what he's going to be doing. So Clinton, let's start there because for me, it's like, all right, they got a guy. Hopefully he can teach whatever McDonald's message is. He's not going to be calling the plays. And he can organize everything and practice for the week and all that. And then the rest of it for game days up to McDonald. That's what I'm looking for uh, from from Dirty. Uh, what do you think there? Boys, we're, we're, we, we are riding dirty. That, what, what else do we got to do, right? So, you know, there's not, we don't know. I don't know that much about the gentleman just yet. I know, I know the lineage. I know he's from England. And I actually listened to uh, some other podcasts that had a bit more uh, understanding of his background from England and, and then over to the States. Um, I, I like it because what it signifies for me is like, look, McDonald was the number one defensive head coach. You know, like that's it. Like, hey, that's the dude. So if this is his dude, then I have to imagine he sees something special in this person. And maybe it's uh, some things about a certain area of the field that he feels dirty is specialized in coming from the Dan Quinn area, which is Dan Quinn, Pete Carroll, the way they set the line, things of that nature. All sounds good to me, but it's like, for me, it's just like early faith that if we like McDonald, well, then we got to like the guy he chose. So that that's kind of where I leave it for now until we get some more firsthand knowledge of, uh, of dirty. How about you, Brent? Well, it, it definitely seems like we're heavily influencing toward linebackers because Mike McDonald, good. a former good. linebacker, and we, we learned that here in the past week. Jen Mueller asked what his actual uh, position that he played while he coming up through football it was linebacker. Then they go and they get the linebackers coach from Dallas. And so that, that's uh, that's about what I can glean from that. That's kind of you. You've summed it up pretty well there, Brandon. And I, I really don't have a lot on dirty because it doesn't matter. We hired our defensive coordinator. His name's Mike right. McDonald. So it's kind of like one of those things. Can he just get things organized for Mike for game day? If he can do that. You know, 
make the message uh, clear to the players as to what their jobs are. That's all you're looking for out of the guy. Not all that exciting to me. I, I, I approve, I guess. Uh, but at the end of the day, I think the more high, uh, exciting hire, Clinton and Brandon, is OC. So I'll let one of you guys take it from there because this grub hiring uh, is interesting. Well, it's interesting, too, because both of these hires, one of the things that I felt like going into this hiring process was that something to watch would be, is he going to go out and just hire dudes that he worked with either in Baltimore, at Michigan, at any of the stops along the way, and just focus on guys within his own orbit that he knew? And with the the hiring of Aiden Dirty, that's obviously not the case. And now with the hiring of Ryan Grubb, doesn't appear to be the case, too. I couldn't see any obvious connections between the two. Uh, the more obvious connection is that Grubb being local to Seattle, that uh, he gets to stay in his spot uh, and, and not move to Alabama, which I, I assume he has to be super happy about. Um, <laughs> that's that. That that's interesting to me that then he's going out and he's bringing in people outside his orbit, which, you know, it, it fits within you can you can hope that that, uh, yeah, there's a discussion around philosophy and that sort of thing. And it just it, I don't know. It makes me feel a little bit better that it's not solely, hey, you know me, come work here. And and so that part about it, I, I enjoy well, yeah, the McDonald is 36, right? So the McDonald tree is, you know, a little baby, a little sapling right now. It's it's just beginning to sprout. So this we'll see, we'll, we're gonna see. This is this is we talked about, hey, this could go off the rails and go sideways. We don't know. It's exciting, it's very exciting. There's there's good stuff all around it. Uh, but he, but the McDonald tree is not at all filled out yet. So this is the very, very this is literally literally the genesis of what could become, oh. 10 years later that, you know, people just shedding off the McDonald tree. That'd be great. That'd be a good problem for us to have. Right. The piece that I do look at with grub that is uh, at least very interesting was when people talk about him, you listen to UW fans and folks out there like Nemhauser who really like this dude, they really like him. And the things they talk about or that you can notice is like, Hey, they don't present um, exotic fronts per se with the, with the offense. And until pre-snap motions like galore, tons of pre-snap motion. And when the ball's hiked, there's dudes going everywhere. They're like, there's just players going pretty much, you know, lots of pulling guards, lots of pulling tackles, just lo lots of motion pre and post-snap, which if you think about McDonald, it's a little bit of a mirror. And that was what I was picking up was like, maybe McDonald likes this from a, hey, you're a challenging person to figure out from a defensive perspective. And I want that on my side as opposed to going against that any given Sunday. So that's that was my first thought when I looked at um, just some of the ways people moved. And, and what do you think, Adam? Well, before I get into that, Brandon Clinton, when you heard this news, got into it a little bit. Did you land? Where'd you land? Thumbs up, thumbs down in between. Like, where are you feeling? I don't feel like I have enough information because there's these dudes that come from college and they absolutely change what they do. And I don't know, it, just because the fact that Ryan Grubb ran the offense for the Huskies, it, Kalen DeBoer, he had been essentially attached to the hip of Kalen DeBoer going back to 2007. So these two guys have worked together apart or together for three years, apart from about three years where they went to separate jobs. He was, uh, Grubb was OC at like Sioux Falls or something. I haven't gone back to watch 
Sioux Falls football from 2010 you, to 2013. You, you to, haven't? To, I haven't. You I haven't. haven't. <laughs> I haven't yet. Uh, oh, good, good. I don't, good I don't even know if it's out there. So I don't know if it's it's the DeBoer offense or if it's the Grub offense. I, I assume that's probably going to be somewhat similar. But when I hear the talk about you know motion and that sort of thing, I don't know. When I watch Huskies football, the 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 little bit that I've seen, it doesn't look like it's gimmicky college offense. It it just looks like offense. I I mean, Adam, you look surprised, but when when you talk about I'm, this, I don't know what you're watching. Then, well, I don't see <laughs> I don't see a ton of pre stat. They run motion like mm-hmm. other offenses run motion. I, I, I'd equate it more. Now it's more than the Seahawks have run. It's probably more like Mike McDaniel down in Miami. But I mean, we see guards pulling in the NFL and and tight ends pulling like that's it's not unusual. So I'm I'm fine with it. It's like there's so many other choices that they could have made that were bad that felt like we're out there. And so this one's at least interesting to me. Yeah. And so, Adam, I'll I'll take it since uh, you offered it up to I I would just put it up as a I would go thumbs up. Um, I'm an optimist anyway. And it is to me an exciting hire. I do. When I look at some of the games that are on there, I do see a team that will challenge, is fast-paced, takes its shots. And I, I know it's a blend for me of going horizontal and then getting getting some things that are vertical. Uh, and, I, I, and some of the run stuff is, this is where Brandon, for me, some of the run stuff was a lot of pulling kind of over and over and over again in the run game. And you need some athletes for that. You need, you need different types of bodies for that. So that'll be interesting to see how does that, does that play in the NFL? Does that carry over uh, when you've got bigger dudes uh, going, you know, bigger and faster guys that are, that are all NFL pro level. So that'll be interesting, but also he can change like what he's doing, what he did at UW. Uh, the other thing I would say that I, that I liked is I think when he finds a weakness, he seems to understand, okay, that's where we could just dive in and till they stop it. Go ahead. Stop us. If it's a horizontal game, stop it. If it's pulling guards and tackles and, you know, running, running off tackle that way, stop it. Show me you can stop it. And I don't think there's not like a sequencing issue that I saw. It was just like, okay, that's working. Double down, triple down on that. Make them adjust, adjust to at this point us. Um, so I'm also pretty bullish that he'll be able to look at the NFL game and adapt and realize that, Hey, what exactly worked at UW exactly is not going to translate, you know, one-to-one to the NFL. Yeah. So I think you guys pointed out a lot of important stuff about at least the offense that we saw in the field and the fact that we absolutely don't know if that's right. going to be what we see in Seattle. Um, everything I'm about to say, I want to caveat with this. Um, I don't watch college football. It's boring ass, simple football, and it's not worth my time. Uh, so I went back and watched maybe five, six games of just every snap offensively of UW to just get a sense, a feel of the overall philosophy. Yes. I'm sure they do a thousand different things. You betcha. Like it's not just the same three plays or anything like that. I'm just looking for a theme, like an offensive philosophy. When I look at that, secondly, if you're fired up for this, uh, OC hiring, that's awesome. I hope you continue to be fired up. I hope that, after what I'm about to say in two years, we revisit this conversation and I'm dead bleeping wrong. But at the end of the day, 
This is a acquisition, whether coach or player. I've only been maybe more disappointed one more time in throughout Seahawks history. And that's when they brought in Eddie Lacey. That's the, the next most disappointing hire or talent acquisition that I've seen. And let's not just look at it from a offensive philosophy standpoint, but just from a team building standpoint and what you're looking for in a staff, Mike McDonald, no head coaching experience, not an offensive guy, all that stuff, right? They bring in Leslie Frazier to be the adult in the room. Cool. But he's a defensive guy. So you're looking for an offensive guy to handle that side of the football. And you bring in a dude who basically has just followed around some other coach his entire career and has been an offensive coordinator for UW for two years, but doesn't even call the plays. That's the guy to handle that entire side of the ball. So you don't have to worry about it. I think that's a massive mistake. You could have gone out and maybe tried to cajole Frank Reich into coming in. You know, anybody that has freaking NFL experience, not some fresh college guy who didn't even call plays in college. Like, do, that do we know like that he didn't call mistake. plays for the Huskies? From what I can tell is that Kalen DeBoer liked calling most of the plays, but he also trusted Ryan Grubb now and then. Cool. That's great. I, I just, I don't think that, that that that's according to two articles that I read. If I'm wrong, then I'm wrong on that. I'm just telling you that's the information that I found regarding this because I don't get into college ball because it sucks. <laughs> the other problem with this offense when I watched it, this is an offense that is perimeter oriented and then works its way in. Mm -hmm. I don't, I can't get on board with a team that their only rushes come to the outside down in and down out like that. You can't live there. And we talked about all the pulling and the motion and all that stuff. And that's all fine and dandy. But once you're only going to fool NFL guys three, four times with that crap in one of the film breakdowns that I watched about the DeBoer grub offense is he was saying, look, they don't go out and out physical anybody. They get you by tricking you. They get you by being faster. They get you by being all that stuff. That is the opposite of the football that I want to play. And that sounds like a soft rinky dink college perimeter oriented team. And that simply will not work in the NFL long-term. It just won't. The only worst hire to me would have been Chip Kelly. That would have been because he, Chip Kelly has less of a affinity for time of possession than these guys that you dubbed it. I just nothing from under center. It's all freaking shotgun. I can't stand it. I can't stand what I saw. Now, if it's different than what he brings to the Seahawks, that's great. And I surely hope it is. But honestly, this is a massive disappointment to me. And I think this might be Mike McDonald's first big mistake. I mean, it's possible. We, we, we aren't even going to know. And that's what I'm saying. When I don't think we have enough to, to make a determination on how successful this could or, or may be, I, I actually look a little bit deeper in terms of what I like about this hire. And it, it's the fact that uh, Scott Huff, as the offensive line coach, is also coming along with Grubb because he's had a lot of success not just with the Huskies. I mean, you look back to this past year and the Huskies were one of the top teams in terms of offensive line play. They won the, the John Moore Award for most outstanding offensive line unit. Um, they do run. It's it's not just pulling guards and, and uh, misdirection for right. the run game. You see them run traps. You see them run power. So you, yeah. they, they run a variety of different things with their offensive line. 
yeah. So, Brent, what I was trying to get at with that, because I, I knew that like we were going to go down that. Well, they do other things. And it's like, yes, but what do they live in? What is their bread and butter? What is the foundational pieces of their offense? And it's not running up the gut inside using traps and things like that. Sure, they can do it now and then. Look yeah, at the size again, of their yeah, offensive line. That's that's an athletic unit. So that's what they and were small. built to do. Right. Yeah, it, it's it's crafted that way. And again, maybe for the college game. And I think the piece that you you landed on towards the end there, Adam, which I think is uh, which could get us focused on on a player is you said like the words under center, right? They were never under center. It's very, very, very rare. I'm not sure ever. Either one of the panics. Seahawks. Well, well, eh, not, not, not never, not never. And then and yeah, in years, and that was a problem. Right, right. And in years past, we certainly were more, right? The shoddy offense, other offenses we were under center more. And Gino's good from under center. And we're very good with, with uh, play action. Some of the, some of the, yes, we didn't do it a lot, but when we did under center play action, we were kind of gangbusters with it. So, so I think the, one of the things that I'd love to know kind of round table style too is, impact to Gino. And I think the first thing that's out there that's like all all a buzz is does Gino, does this affect Gino one way or the other? Like is he now he's got that bonus coming up, whatever it is, Feb 16 or something like that, right? So next week. Um is this that's like when well, his option yeah. kicks in for his option. Yeah, yeah, whether or not he gets his guaranteed money from here on out. Right, right. So Brandon, th- does this impact Gino, do you think, uh, from that from the roster perspective, one way or the other, do you think you could make a, a you know a discernment. Uh, we'll find out, right? <laughs> I I just, I don't think that it's interesting because I see a lot of reaction to this and people look at it in the way of what they want to believe is going to happen moving forward. And sure. so they, they look at specific parts of the offense and say, well, shoot. I mean, you can look at some of the throws that, that Penix makes and go, oh, well, that's Gino in the pocket. He can deliver those throws downfield. He would fit perfectly into this because he makes all those same types of throws that they were asking of Penix to make in, in college. And, and so, and, and, but then you also look and you say, oh, well, shoot, you know, Penix was really, he was good in that offense. He threw for a ton of yards. They have a mid round draft pick, get rid of Gino and you bring in, you draft Penix high, and then you're pairing your OC with the quarterback that he had in the previous year. So why not get rid of Gino? So I, you can look at it, it with the higher and within the structure of the same offense and say, yeah, those those quarterbacks, because they're accurate and can throw deep down the field, they can do similar things. So I don't know if you can say one way or another that this guy has got to be the guy. Yeah, a lot will depend on what they decide to do at the quarterback position in the draft. And like you said, Brandon, I mean, Penix, he's a, he's a baller. Like he's throwing dots out there. I mean, he, he looks good. like a, a new age Phil Rivers with a little bit of wheels, just a little bit of wheels, not a lot, just a little bit, you know, like just a tiny enough, bit more enough, than enough wheels, right? Enough, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. Then Phil. And like when I'm looking at these quarterbacks and wondering, Hey, how does this affect Gino and all that? I'm like, when I'm watching quarterback play, I'm watching them survive simplistic nonsense college schemes in seeing if that can survive, you know, if the player himself can survive in the NFL. And that's how I felt a lot watching Penix. It was like, man, just surviving this, run it to the outside bubble. Uh, and then a shot down the sideline. They didn't use the sidelines or the middle of the field very much. And in terms of whether or not this fits Gino, Gino can run a pro style offense. 
Gino can run a spread offense. He did it at West Virginia and was a you know high second round pick because of it. So I think Gino can do about anything. And if you do draft one of those dudes, it, which I think, you know, there's a bunch of first round talents there at quarterback. If they fall to you, sure, go ahead. Uh, I'd still keep Gino around for the year to be that mentor Alex Smith type. And the contract is not prohibitive, even if you move off, you know, the next year or end up benching him and start to play the rookie and that sort of thing. So uh, that would be my guess. I, I think Gino would be just fine in this offense in terms of doing his part but it's going to be hard on him because they're not a physical. If they play like Washington, it's not a physical offense. It's a finesse offense. Yeah. I think really good points there. I think for me, the piece is there's a, there's a lot of fervor now, which is, which you understand around, around Penix, right? It's like, okay, this comes with that. Um, and I just don't think they have to, right? I don't think it's, it's some, some piece of fate that's that's in the fabric of time that this, this is it we're getting Penix now and at, at 16 especially um i'm anti that it, like especially right now and i think Penix can play Pen, Penix, i think is a good quarterback man like you said he can make the throws even under, under under duress he has enough wiggle enough wiggle right get it get make a little bit of room still still throw a dart he's got the cojones he will he will throw some into tight spots and very often pretty accurately um so i think he's a very skilled quarterback all that to say i'm still like dudes pick 16 you want to run this maybe this style of offense and some of the stuff is a little bit longer developing sometimes too the the stuff that's not just to the sidelines and not bubbles the crossers and things like that tend to be longer developing well, you better better freaking keep Gino upright. Whoever your quarterback is, you better keep him upright and give him a little bit of time. And um, that part's interesting to me too about about this offense is when when it's not the perimeter bubble stuff, then it was things to me that took a bit of time to develop and and take those shots downfield. Uh, and again, Penix was quite quite good at fitting some tight windows, tight holes there. With all that to say, dudes, I I think it's with McDonald and McDonald being. 36 with an OC who's never been in the NFL. I still can't, I can't imagine they don't take the absolute free square. That is Geno Smith. I can't imagine it. It's a free square with, with a, with I, mean, a I can good, imagine it. I, 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 I can I, absolutely see a team really that can't. is essentially starting over and going, Hey, why don't we start over more? And you know, go young at quarterback. Maybe you keep drew lock around because he's cheap. And then you start building the offense well, and yeah. so from that understand from that point of it, I could understand trying to reinvest that money, especially if you're talking about putting it in the offensive line and the defensive line and and trying to build up that way. What if a team came to the Seahawks and said, I'll give you a two or a three for Gino? You interested? Yeah, I'd a, be. I'd- a hi- a, yeah, a high two, I'm interested. A three, I'm really not. I'm really not. And and, and that's interests. That's interest. Um, I hear you, because then then you can do what you want with your one, and you get you get that backfill on the two that we that we don't have. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, and then yes, you could take on a rookie contract, and then yes, even though Gino is uh, affordable for his his caliber of performance, there's still going to be a nice delta there of savings you could put into other areas. So yes, the short answer with a lot of words interested in Brandon. I, I think you are too. Yeah. Well, the thing that I'm not interested in and the thing that I don't like the most, and maybe this is the note that we close on. Uh, if you were tired of always having to reach for your heart medication in the fourth quarter, 
the last 10 wins of the Washington Huskies, uh, the longest streak of any team since 1936, those last 10 wins have been decided by 10 points or less. So if you think that moving to this new offense is going to get you away from having to to reach for the heart medication in the fourth quarter, (laughs) you're dead wrong. I don't know. You may be away from the heart medication, Brandon, because you won't put up enough points for it to matter. I, I just, I, it was, I started watching it with an open mind being like, I want to be fired up for this dude. I want to be fired up. You know, like I'm fired up for Mike. You like, did not. You were like, oh, I got to watch college football now. And, and <laughs> woe is me. True. That's so true. You were not in the right mindset to, to take that on, by the way. Well, how dare you tell me what mindset I was in and if it was right or wrong. And secondly, I literally did say, okay, like, let's be excited. Like, let's look at it. Like, you know, and by about the third game of watching stuff being like, oh, okay. The first game, like, this is how it kind of looked. Maybe it was just that opponent and that's what they were trying to do. And then we start seeing the same thing over and over and over again. My heart just sank in. I don't know, man. I, I hope to be dead wrong. I hope to be dead wrong. Yeah, I think I think we all do. And I think and I, I have to go kind of soon for a family obligation. I what I would love to do is also continue the conversation into the other players too, like down down the line and into into the skill positions. I think that's an interesting exercise as well. And I guess I'll just tease it for now and just say, do we looking at what how they how they run their offense, do we have the right offensive line queued up? And some of the past draft picks queued up, even if it's like kind of like that style, even if he changes a little bit, you know, is Anthony Bradford the right type of guard to do the things that they're doing there? Is Damian Lewis more or less of a, yeah, every sign? Is this good for Charles Cross, who is described as a, as a dancing bear? How about Abe Lucas, who doesn't really seem to have a knee? You know, like it's, there's, there's a really cool conversation to have there as well. And I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking yeah. forward to going and watching some Sioux Falls Cougar football from 2010 to 2013. Go Cougs! Go Cougs! <laughs> Go Cougs! Yeah, uh, no, that'll be a lot of fun for you, Brandon. Why don't you go ahead and enjoy that? Uh, I'll let you. I'll leave you to that one. Um, yeah, I, I think there's like thinking of canine Clinton. I mean, the style of run being so perimeter focused, you would think that that would play into canine's hands to a degree yes. like that's where he likes to go that sort of thing um i think a position group that we might as well just let die is tight end uh at this point because it's all three four five receiver sets if they again play like washington played so i think it could affect them there and in terms of the offensive line um i have watched teams try to go this route multiple times through the history of the nfl in Shoot, I was just listening to Emmett Smith talk about this the other day at a Super Bowl interview. And he was like, look, the first team that figures it out to go and play real deal smash mouth football will win multiple chips in a row because all of the linebackers are getting smaller. All the linemen are getting smaller. All of the everybody's getting smaller and faster. And so now we're appear. It appears that we're getting a guy who runs a horizontal fast trickeration type offense is what it's predicated on and now you're playing into the strength of today's modern defenses i don't know man it he, he, he uh he does have a history of, of some smash mouth football too at the college Where? level so at, at sioux falls gosh i've tried been trying to tell you 
Go Cougs! And I think with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Sioux Falls doesn't matter. Go Hawks. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.